social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. A problem with your heating system? Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401 732 6562. 24 hour emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401 732 6562. They're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore their services. Look for them on Facebook, and the website is recooganheating.com. Residential services, as Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling from winter to summer. Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls, maintenance agreements, to installation, RE Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401 732 6562. It's Coogie. It's 24 hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating 401 732 6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is recooganheating.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website petro.com it is monday hope everyone had a uh, pleasant weekend this is uh, still the rough time of the year around here still a lot of snow out there but hopefully the weather over the next few days between warmer temperatures uh, as you just heard in the, the uh, forecast and then also we have some rain we'll uh, hopefully get rid of a lot of the the snow and the ice this has certainly been a, a difficult winter well folks um several things uh, to start off on this monday one is I'm not watching any of the Olympics, but it is without question. Um, these Olympics are a showcase for for two countries that are obviously, you know, united and joined and allies. And they're not allies of the United States. And that is the display right now going on during these Olympic Games and in the world of both Russia and China. The situation in the Ukraine is uh, very serious. You know, it's kind of laughable that you have these people that were protesting at the Rhode Island State House over the weekend, demanding diplomacy, demanding diplomacy. Now, these are progressives and they're socialists, and they're also pacifists, demanding the Biden administration. We demand diplomacy. And de are, are they, you know, that that's just a different form of being totally delusional. For You know, you, you think that's what it's going to take with Putin? You think the Biden administration? Now, granted... I don't think we have the best team on the field. Tony Blinken and, uh, and some of the other choices that the president has in his administration. But the fact to think, this is Neville Chamberlain life, to think that, you know, the best way is diplomacy. They're basically arguing that give Putin, you know, let him take parts of Ukraine that he wants. And, you know, the, the chess match that's going on on the other side of the world where uh, Putin and Russia basically manipulating all their troops and getting them ready and they're waiting for probably after the olympics there's certainly a lot of talk and speculation that uh after the olympics russia will first move in and invade ukraine and could be terrible tremendous casualties could be fifty thousand civilian deaths fifty thousand civilian deaths and then also one to five million refugees may go leaving ukraine and pouring into poland causing another crisis and then at the same time there's growing speculation china is about to move in on taiwan so folks this is um it's a difficult time in the world i'm still though laughing at these people that we are demanding diplomacy yeah why don't you go over there and tell that to putin and the russian troops to think that the united states that we're, what we're just uh, hawkish and and uh in war in, in the mood to try to go to war you think that they're not trying that again to not to their uh to their defense in some way of course they'd like diplomacy but you can't do that when you have a brutal murderous dictator like putin so to even just keep demand no we are demanding diplomacy well that's what neville chamberlain wanted and we know how that worked out in the 1940s in world war ii now closer to home folks the uh, mask mandate continues and it's it's a disgrace um 
I'll also say this, that, you know, the, the governor of New Jersey is already announcing that I think second week of March, they're going to ask uh, end the mask mandate in the schools in New Jersey. I would be surprised. See, there's the opening. Someone else does it. I would be surprised if Governor McKee didn't follow suit and do it sometime in March, end of March. You're going to see more states. What this also shows me, though, is this was a tremendous missed opportunity for the Rhode Island Republican Party not to have a candidate take him to task on this. Because, folks, many times then then the air is out of the balloon, right? This, this could have been the, the proper person really could have gained some popularity, uh, some exposure, have people. Then the number one thing is for people to know who you are. Number two, then they start to listen to what you're saying, and then it could start to resonate. Uh, it, it won't... It doesn't have the same effect if, you know, in the summertime or in the fall, you start to say, well, back in the wintertime, you had children in mass. It just, it doesn't, I, I don't think it has the same effect. As far as I know it doesn't. Um, if there was someone strong doing it right now, and I'm talking about a strong, real candidate, I think it could have had uh, tremendous consequences in, in a positive way for that candidate but not in a positive way for Governor McKee. I think Governor McKee, folks, is showing he he's basically, you know, he's going to follow along. If he sees someone else do something, he might do it. Uh, they'll go back and forth, and then, you know, they're, they're not going to be the first ones to break through and do something. I still don't understand how he still continues. Governor McKee keeps saying Rhode Island is, well, well you know, we're number one. <laughs> no one believes that. Our health system is is basically collapsing. And keep in mind, we're not even into March, April, May when Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott's going to start getting her basically 50 grand a month to uh, to do nothing, just to answer the phone in case they call her. So it's, um, <clears throat> you know, this is the time in politics. There's windows of time when things make sense. And then there's windows. If you miss that window of opportunity, uh, sometimes, the you know, the opportunity doesn't always present itself again. So, but very serious situation in the world. And, and on top of that, whatever problems we have now, if we end up in, if Russia invades Ukraine, the United States is, is going to be right there. Um, you know, you're starting to see more and more the fallout of that terrible withdrawal from Afghanistan. And that sent a message to the world that the United States was, was ready to cut and run. I hate to see it. I hate to even worse to say it. But again, I also want to repeat, this could be an opportunity for we need change. We can't have this one party rule is not working out for the state. In fact, it's a disaster. Uh, things don't change. It's just they all they do is they continue to cater to special interest groups. That's really because that's who controls the Democrat Party uh, without question, certainly in Rhode Island. But that would uh, a lot of the problems locally would shift to what's happening overseas. I can't emphasize enough how serious that situation is. Later, we will talk about the truckers in Ottawa. Folks, it's all ahead on this Monday on the John DePietro Show. Make Henry Oil your oil provider this winter. Give them a call today. Call Henry Oil, 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern Mass, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, fuel, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, residential and commercial. It's Henry Oil. Give them a call. Since 1947, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today. Make Henry Oil your oil provider. 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200. Remember, online at henryoil.com. Go with the original. Go with the best. It's Henry Oil. Listening to the John DeVitro Show weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2 p.m. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, petro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he's the managing editor at anchorising.com. It's our friend Justin Katz. So Justin, I'd like to start off with, um, I, I think it's a uh, uh, mistake for the governor to go down this road, but it should be noted 
it should be noted in, and I recognize a lot of times the media, they don't like to cover stories that necessarily involve other media, but it was, uh, it was last week that Channel 12, and they've been doing a series of stories on this uh, contract that Governor McKee, some friends of his, ended up getting. Whether they like it or not, sure, it seems like an insider deal. They revealed some new information, and uh, Governor McKee really went after them. Uh, on another radio station and actually to one of their competitors happens to be the anchor of uh, channel 10 but um and saying it's it's controversial reporting and they were doing this for cause and effect and and they were doing this on purpose and um i i never think it's a good look when uh politicians start going after the media but i i'm anxious to hear your thoughts on on governor mckee going after wpri channel 12 yeah, I, I, I can I think I can imagine situations in which that's a reasonable thing to do. I mean, Trump made a, made a, uh, a good bit of headway going after the media, making that a central part of his, his kind of persona. But in this case, you know, McKee is, is promising. He's saying, you know, the, the, this contract, it wasn't as much as initially was stated. Uh, the, the emails you're seeing, you know, he's trying to say the tone of him saying how many millions. It wasn't him asking how many millions do you want so much as him saying, what, how many millions? You know, kind of like that. Uh, in all of that mix, trying to go after the news media is definitely the wrong move. I mean, to, yeah. to me, the, the obvious play, the obvious tone here is, look, I can understand it looks bad in the end, at the end, in the end of it all, when everything is done and said and all the information's out there and all the actions have been taken, you'll see that there was nothing there. They did a good job with what I hired them to do. I mean, that was the tone he was trying to strike. And so to add in a, a, a shot at the news media, it just seemed, it, it seemed, you know, contrary to that he should be acknowledging yeah <laughs> this looks bad and i'm sorry for that uh, but uh things will work out in the end and, and it just what, what really struck me was this is the governor who's not even he's not even in his own term right <laughs> you know? i mean it, the the media is after me is kind of like late in your second term and if you're a two-term office right. holder you know, I mean, that's later down the road but yeah he's he's not even there and he's already having to play that card but it was definitely the wrong card to play i mean especially with his he he comes off as and he cultivates this image as a kind of affable common sense kind of guy uh and th this just makes him seem weasley we um another thing and you and i pick up on this and not everyone always understands this but just so the listeners understand many times when they when politicians or it could be business leaders or whoever it may be but someone who's going to be asked some questions many times they will you know get together with the team and they develop what we would refer to as talking points which is when they ask you this you say that the only problem is if the conversation goes on longer than they expect and they end up just reiterating. What was interesting to me was somehow they came up with this talking point that it was controversial reporting. Now, as I said on the radio, you know, there have been some times where there was some controversial reporting that you could claim, uh, you know, back in the 80s when the Providence Journal put front page of the paper that Chief Justice Joe Bevilacqua was standing up in the doorway of a motel, bringing, you know, zip up his fly. I mean, could make an argument that, that was <laughs> controversial uh, reporting. With this, he just kept coming back to that as if we're supposed to understand, you know, what that means. Controversial reporting, if someone said that to me, and I'd be curious to hear your definition, I would think that might be something maybe kind of on the on the line that maybe it's, you know, maybe someone that really shouldn't be fair game somehow that's connected or or something like that. But it's it's his emails. Channel 12 did, you know, public records requests that they were entitled to. I'm sure the governor didn't appreciate or like the fact seeing his emails early and, you know, brand new into the administration then trickling out in that manner. But it, I, I, I didn't see anything controversial 
about it. It's his own words. They're not, you know, doing having a lip reader or doing a reenactment. Um, what, what do you make of that, Justin? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, well, I think I would probably differentiate between. I think he misspoke. It's you know, controversial reporting is you know, if the report to me is if the reporting itself is controversial. So if they're right. they're undercover or they've got a guy sneaking into your bathroom to take pictures of you, that would be controversial report. Controversialist, I think, is what he was going for. You know, where it's you're they're just doing this to make a controversy, which is like you said, like somebody in the doorway zipping up their fly. You know, that's not a controversy, and that's really the the issue for him here, and it's why it's such a strange talking point for them to settle on because you could even think the governor did everything to the book and was absolutely spotless but this doesn't look good you've got to understand it was a controversial thing to do it's a controversial issue rightly so and so to blame the news media for that no you 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 have to admit it yeah this looks bad where you can get away with the you know this is just controversialist they're just trying to get tabloid headlines that kind of thing is when there's literally nothing there like what? I bought a blue car. You're reporting on that as if it's a controversy. You're just being a controversialist. You know, that right. kind of thing you could get away with. This is just, no, I, which is what's so inexplicable. You, this is a controversy. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you hired people, you know, you want to parse where he tried to parse words of whether it's his friend or, or who was getting paid what money by what means. No, it just looks bad. Admit it move on, promise that thing you're doing better and that things will, will go forward. He just buries that all. I mean, he had some good points. Well, I, I mean, I, I didn't, I haven't fact checked him, but he was in the same interview he was saying, you know, leading up to when he became governor, many contracts were given out related to COVID without any bidding or anything. And it's plausible. I, I'm not sure if it's true or not, but that's a good, that's a good talking point. Okay. We were, we were just following what had been done and we moved into my new phase and we're fixing it. I realized this looked controversial. We were going moving forward. I mean, that's, that's a kind of a response that a leader would give uh, this sparring with the news media over, you know, any, anything bad, any bad reporting about me must be just trying to draw drum up controversy uh, is is just strange and in fairness other politicians do it I Gina Romano did it to some extent with with those who were not on her side the, the problem is he's doing it with like the mainstream media yeah and and so it's just not it's just not going to be effective I mean wh whether it's legitimate or not it's not going to be effective it's one thing for him to go for for a, like Gina Romano to go after you or me or somebody saying oh they're just drumming up controversy uh, the, the mainstream media will believe that but this is this is just kind of ridiculous and, and just shows you they don't really seem to know what they're doing over there yeah and and on top of that and again folks that segment is politics this week with me is justin katz managing editor anchorising.com um justin there's also still the attorney general's office is investigating this and with our legal expert attorney tim dot i mean based on the new things we got governor mckee may not like it but it 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 is um you know we'll see i don't know if the I'm not ready to use the word crime, but it, by all accounts, it certainly seemed that his people were literally walking, himself included, walking these people through a bidding process um, in order to get a contract. So, I mean, that's there's laws against that, and that's kind of bid rigging, and you're not supposed to do that. And that is giving them inside information. And more importantly, it's it's an unfair advantage. It's. But this is something that right now is sitting at Attorney General Peter Narona's office. So it's not as if they just, you know, I want to go back to it because someone asked me about what did I think of the term controversial reporting. Uh, when when um, the FBI was going after uh, then Mayor Cianci and he, he sold his his house and he moved into the Biltmore. And there, there was this rumor that was kind of floating around that he was maybe going to resign, that he was going to make an announcement that he had some health problems and he was going to step down as mayor. And the, the Providence Journal, you know, they were kind of in a no-win. They actually asked him about it. They wrote about it, and he denied it. And then he criticized them, saying, look at this. Now they're printing rumors. So I, I think that is something you could go after, that they were doing a story about a rumor, and then his denial put it in play. But again, not to belabor the point, but I just I, I wonder who gave him that talking point of the way we're going to attack them is by saying basically what you're saying is this really isn't a story. And it's it's like controversial by nature that they're even going with it to me. 
Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's an, another good analogy there. I mean, just the, the idea, this is, there was no story. They drummed it up. They asked me some questions and said my denial was was the story, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, that that that's a reasonable thing to do. But this is just so far from that. It's it not even it's not even close. It's yeah. it's 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 well, a controversy. The attorney Rona doing a controversial investigation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. you can't, come on, there's guidelines, there's transparency. Uh, if anything, Channel 12, it's not like it's unnamed sources. They, they're using your own emails. They yeah, have we've a lot seen of the them. email. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's inexplicable. I, I, I kind of wonder if people, he's getting advice from people who are used to being in a more competent administration, honestly, because where that, this is just a playbook kind of thing. I, or, or else they just really have nothing else to say, uh, which, which doesn't strike me as true because there's other points in the interview where, where sounded good from a PR perspective, you know, that they didn't get that much money and, and we changed the bidding process, all that kind of stuff is what you would expect to hear. I don't know why he wouldn't just leave it at that. Folks, we're going to take a quick break, a lot more politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorising.com right here on the Justin Pinchuk show. Propane plus for heating and cooling. Call propane plus today in Massachusetts, 508 508- 252-3359. In Rhode Island, propane plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com. Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359. And in Rhode Island, 401 401- 885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Justin, some people don't believe in polls. Um, I'm not one of them. I think, you know, they're never perfect. But by and large, I, I think many times they can give us an indication where things are. And as an example, at the height of the pandemic, which to me was still the going through but the spring of 2020 right when when governor Mundo was having literally daily press briefings and into april and may and the whole knock it off and and you could just tell comments on social media whatever but but people were in her corner and so and felt you know and she just the way she carried herself and and when when a poll came out that showed that you know i think she had over 70 percent approval rating 75, I think, even I it, to me, it made sense because, you know, in New York, Cuomo had high approval ratings and he was going on Emmy for his briefing. Same thing with the governor of California. Now, conversely, when Governor Raimondo left office last March, less than a year ago, uh, she had gone through. She was out of sight. She dropped down. Uh, she had the whole mask paint thing. She was leaving to go to commerce. So therefore, when you see a 40 percent approval rating, I, I think it did match that she actually left. Uh, unpopular i'm curious your thoughts of i i find these polls to be right on the money you know the rest of me that didn't really pick up on a lot but i want to give credit dan mcgowan of the boston globe there's a a national survey of of they do governors and presidents in each state and it shows that if you go back to june both governor mckee and president biden had basically they their their poll numbers kind of mirror themselves 60 percent approval rating uh Raimondo left at 40 but now there's trouble. Now it is. It just came out. Governor McKee has a 34 percent approval rating. And Biden, who won Rhode Island, with, if we're to believe it's accurate, with 57 percent, he's down to 35 percent approval rating, which when Governor McKee left for that two week vacation around Thanksgiving, I said to Dan McGowan, I, I, I said on record, I'm telling you, this guy has a false sense of what his approval rating is. He thinks it's higher than it is. That's why he's going away for two weeks. He should not be going away. And then, you know, they've been chasing the tail of a sense. But I'm curious what you think of these polling numbers, because, again, in my opinion, if you go around Rhode Island and read comments, Biden is not popular. People are very unhappy. 
And I think Governor McKee, when you look at some of the scandals he's had, the way pandemic has blown up again, I, I think he does have a problem with his poll numbers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that poll specifically was on uh, handling of COVID, although I think yeah. <laughs> I think for most people these days, that's that's, that's about everything. the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. So I no, I absolutely. Believe, in fact, I, I read those for Biden and uh, for McKee. And, and I wonder who who are those 34 percent who still approve? What are they thinking? Uh, but the yeah, yeah it's completely co- consistent and it is a a bad sign for him you don't need as you say it's where you start to have questions like there's been a poll a a lot of that almost a a large majority of parents um, support masking in schools that does not jibe with a lot of what i'm seeing out in the public this jibes this definitely jibes there's and there's there's and there's no reason to support mckee i i can't see any reason any any reason that people would and i the thing that strikes me here is for him especially because biden you know the, the two are, are very close in the polls he has i mean there's a whole range of issues on which he's had uh had failures from foreign affairs to inflation to covid uh mckee is it's much he doesn't have that broad i but it, i think there's a sense of just no no leadership and i think that's what this specifically a poll on, on COVID would show is he's not picking a side. He's trying to play it safe. He's playing both sides. He's, he's trying to get, he's trying to be on the side of the teachers unions and the people who want, you know, and the parents and school choice. He puts out the school choice proclamation, then says, oops, that was a mistake. Somebody did that without me knowing. I think that all goes to the, this idea, this is how you get to in a 50, 50 nation. This is how you get below 40% is to not have your own people supporting you or any either side supporting you. And so you, you're left with, I don't know what the diehards and the people who don't know what's going on. They just know they like your, your tie. And so they approve of you. I mean, that's, that's the kind of state I think we're, we're reaching with with both of these politicians and it's not a good sign for him going into going into an election year where he, he has to make a case for himself and I, I don't think he's done it and this poll is definitely a, an early indication of the trouble he's facing and that's a very good point and again folks um our segment is politics this week with you is justin katz managing at our anchorising.com justin number one i i agree with you and i think he has a problem and it's kind of what i thought that his poll numbers mirror biden because i don't see president biden harris i don't see their poll numbers going up anytime soon in any way i think this is going to be a real uh just complete massacre coming up in november with the republicans are ready to pounce but when you think about governor mckee you know it's interesting it would almost be like if someone went on a game show or an ellen or one of those shows and they said here's what we're going to do we're going to make you governor you don't have to win an election we're going to make you governor and to help you out, we're going to give you one billion to give away. The person, imagine that like a reality show, the person to be like, you know, riding around like, woo, look at that, giving out money left and right. You get to be the governor, even though you weren't even elected. And, and that is not what, what we're watching. Um, and, and, and I think it comes back to the media. A lot of their decisions, you know, he's the one that decided to give Dr. Scott 46000 a month. That hasn't even kicked in yet. That's from March, April, May. Uh, he's already upset the coverage they're getting over that. His talking points on it are terrible. But it, I think that's the most ironic thing is, is you would think under most scenarios, that is just a golden situation. But and, and I agree with you. I can't figure out whether it's him or his team. But it, it is in many times they just come off as like the gang that can't shoot straight. And um as one member of the media said to me, I mean, this is the thing you often are now hearing about the McGee administration is just not ready for prime time. He thought he would be ready, mayor and lieutenant governor, and it has just not panned out for him the way he thought it would. Yeah, you know, it, what strikes me, and I, I I prefer most of his policies, I think, although it's hard to tell since he was actually gotten to office, to, say, Raimondo or Seth Magaziner, but they're very directed. You know, Raimondo came in from the time she was treasurer and said, what are we going to do? We keep pick an issue. Let's find an issue. Let's make yeah. it work. Well, this is how we're going to climb the ladder. Magaziner has been doing the same thing. Dan McGowan put that well in a, in a recent columns. You know, since the day he became treasurer, it was everything I do, how do I become governor, basically. Right. Uh, and so McKee, it's almost like they got in office and didn't even, I mean, from the controversies, I mean, all of those, all of the controversies that he's had pretty much were, were, let me help my friends out. That's what you do right. when you get into office. I know and a guy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and 
you know, you you didn't win the election. You didn't do the work to get there. You'd think he'd get in and go, you know what, I'm going to let's pick some issues. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to stand my ground. We're not going to have any anybody who does anything controversial is out immediately. And I'm going to stomp on them in the media, all of that or going on vacation in November, even if COVID was going fine. You've, you've got less than a year to you have to be yeah. elected. You don't go on vacation. No. Sorry. It's just, I mean, maybe if there's an emergency or a major family event, I could see sneaking away, but a two week vacation, it just, none of it makes sense unless he's just got, you know, we, we've talked before about how Seth Magaziner has this kind of entitlement attitude. And I, there's almost something like that, almost like McKee. It's, it's not that he's entitled so much as this is just when you get into office, this is just how it is. You, you just go there, you give things to your friends, you go on vacation. It's not that big a deal. He just does not get the politics of it um and in fairness i think that's been ramped up a bit too much in recent years it seems um, it just feels like politicians are much more i don't know much more political in a sense much less they're not they're not governing as much as they're playing politics it seems as, as they used to compared to how it used to be uh maybe it was just better done in the past and so on but uh, it seems like he just does not he does not play that game he just he just doesn't do things very well and he bumbles to it. And, you know, frankly, at this point, I think it's gotta be him. I mean, it's just some of it, even right. as Lieutenant yeah. governor, he bumbled things with, you know, trips to China and that That's kind of right. stuff. I'm so he, he's not been doing very well. I don't think, I don't think he, sh he his going beyond mayor was probably a mistake in retrospect. Mm. Folks, quick break, a lot more politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorising.com right here on the John DePietro show. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender bender, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best, and if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272-3340-401-272-3340 West Fountain Auto Body located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence they'll work for you not the insurance company if you're in an accident call West Fountain today get it repaired 401-272-3340 our segment is politics this week with me is Justin Katz managing editor at anchorising.com Justin uh, before we get into some other topics I'm just curious do you think it is Seth Magazine yet that he made a mistake by going for CD2 because I, I you know, he also can't escape. You know, uh, the Biden, the President Biden is not popular. Not only are you going to have to try to defend yourself, you're going to be, you know, they're, they're going to be losing power in Washington. You're going to be out on the trail. You'd never know it from our media, but he's going to have to defend President Biden to the voters. I just find it interesting the week after he made the decision to jump on the governor's race, Governor, you know, it pops that Governor McKeesley got a 34 percent approval rating. And suddenly, because he left the race, uh, McKee is now, you know, the leading with the money, even though uh, Helena folks will probably surpass him. But I, 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 I agree with Dan McGowan. I think he's going to look back and say that was the wrong move to. To lead. I mean, it's obviously we'll see how this plays out, but I, I just have a feeling this is not going to go well for him. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, before the switch, I, I would have given Seth Magaziner pretty good chances of taking yep. the, the governor's seat. Uh, just the way the money was, the way right. his positioning was, the work he's been doing as treasurer, uh, you know, well, not the, the work meaning mainly the press releases he's been putting out, taking credit for stuff. Um, but the, <laughs> the uh, you know, that all sure. that stuff I think was, was contributing. He had the whole state to work with, uh, you know, and, and, in an executive office, he had something there going for con Congress in a district he doesn't live in. I, yeah. I just don't. Yeah, I did. I, I, and you kind of get that feeling, too. There's just an he just suddenly appears more awkward 
Right. <laughs> um, it's almost hard to put your finger yeah. on. It's just, yeah. it's like he, it's almost like he knows, oops, you know, that this was not the race I was preparing for yeah. because it is, it is different to go for a national office than it versus a state one. And it is different to go for a legislative seat than a, an executive seat. And I, I, yeah, I think he's going to, he's going to wind up regretting it. Now, something very significant happened, and that was they had uh, a hearing about mask and school policy. And Justin, this normally should have been a great story about that's how democracy works. Look at this. 400 people turned out, and this is great to get new people in the system, and this is how it's supposed to go and so forth. And it, it clearly was not the situation. And they never mind they had two hearings going on at once, one in the House, one in the Senate. I like that comment by Senator Jessica De La Cruz that said, you know, what's so disturbing to me, to her colleagues, is the disdain that they can't even hide that they have. And as I was watching some of the hearing, you could just tell these, you know, I think this is going to be fantastic if the state house becomes like the new school committees, the way people started going to school committees in the fall. Um, but at the end of the day, so to speak, it didn't matter any difference. It was a rig game. A lot of them left. People left there like, I don't understand. You know, 400 people turned out. I, I think there were only just a handful of people that were in favor of the mask mandate. Um, and they still were turned down. And, and Rhode Island continues with this ridiculous school mask mandate. Yeah, uh, it, it was definitely an educational thing to watch. I think there was a tweet um, from from one of the representatives, I forget which one, on uh, Aquinnick Island, saying, "I listen to experts, not to these yeah. people." Basically, which is which is basically saying, "I don't, you, I don't really represent you." <laughs> you know? Yeah, because that's that's what the representatives are there that's to get right. your side. The experts can say they can advise you. You want to take expert expert advice on these kind of things, but at the end of the day, you're there to represent the the people. Uh, and there's kind of just this assumption, uh, I think, among the elites in Rhode Island that, well, we represent the people who can actually get us elected, who may not be all those people out there, or even a majority of the people in, in practice. Um, but that's that's the, the, the dripping disdain. And, it, you know, what really what's striking me is I, I really started to get involved. I was writing beforehand before then, but I really started to get involved in the, the pol political end with the, uh, with the Tea Party movement about yes. I don't know, 12, 15 years ago. And it feels almost like there are waves, right? Something happens usually nationally with local undertones, but yep. uh, that gets a lot of people involved. A lot of people kind of stick their head up and go, wait, this is yeah. how this works. This is wrong. I'm right. going to go to my state house. Like I just, like I've been seeing on TV and in the movies for, for my whole life. And I'm going to tell them what I think. And there are 400 of us here, or the Tea Party rallies were a thousand some, and sometimes yes. just, I'm going to tell them what I think. And they're going to have to listen because we're the people. And then you get there and yeah, the disdain, and we're not listening to you. You sit in a you know, cold or too hot room and not all the legislators are there they're going in and out they're they're kind of gabbing with among each other and, and it, yeah i think there's that that feeling of this that this just is not working this isn't how it works and right. the tea party actually had a good good run with people who stayed involved and a lot yes. of these parents groups have have tapped into a national thing that might keep them going for a bit. But I do wonder, I mean, one thing uh, I was actually listening to recently, a Megyn Kelly interview with uh, this guy named Travis Harris, who's, who's a Silicon Valley guy, talking about the danger that uh, social media does to people. And it struck me that the, the cure is to actually go see people face to face, no mask, human interaction. That's the cure for the social media thing. And I think that is very relevant in this case because it's, it's this, you know, Tea Party, we could do that. We could have gatherings, we could have rallies, we could go to the state house and we were all there packed into the room. It felt yeah. like a lively thing. But even with all those people, you look at the video and the room looks empty because I guess they probably had them in the hallway or something. Or, right. or uh, And a lot of people were online calling in. And so I think COVID is really going to be going to be having a lot of these people just go right back to not paying attention and that's that's a big problem because what we're seeing especially with the general assembly right now you know talking about you know letting mckee keep his emergency powers for another oh, couple of months is this, it's, it's all just a show it you know, is. it's just it's just oh yeah we know people we know it's unpopular for the governor to have this power you know they were thinking last year so we'll we'll put it in the budget that he loses the power they're probably thinking that covid was going away anyway so then what's he do he just says oh, okay i can't extend my emergency powers anymore i'll declare a new emergency 
you know, and it feels like such a cheat. And now they're yeah. back in session and they're saying, yeah, you know what? We, we kind of want the governor to be able to act nimbly and temporarily, I think is how House leadership put uh, House and Senate leadership put it. But, you know, they're in session. They can act pretty nimbly. And there's nothing that says their laws have to be permanent. They can put timelines on them. Just none of it makes sense if you're paying attention. So I, I hope this wave of people sticking their heads up sees that and stays involved or gets more involved and starts voting these people out who say the ridiculous things like I don't listen to my constituents I listen to experts uh, but I I just have a, a sneaking feeling that this wave is going to crash against the rock of of the establishment reality to a pretty hard what do you make of uh, Bob Walsh teachers union head announcing uh the no the mass mandate will stay in place uh you got to ignore just some talk radio cranks and some nut parents. And if anyone in elected office goes against the in-school mask mandate, there'll be uh, political repercussions towards them. Yeah. Bob, Bob Walsh is having, is, is really feeling no fear recently. It seems yes. it's just, it's like the game is over. I mean, I mean, when for, for pretending the unions are, are actually there to represent education, yep. you know, they're, they, they're just 100%. Yeah. This is who we are. We run just going to have to deal with it. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of surprising to see to some extent. I mean, we, you and I know, have known Bob Walsh for a long time. No, he's yep. just a progressive activist, but it's just coming. I mean, even with the, uh, well, they, they, they like when there's a primary because they like when people are competing for their attention because they, they, you know, that's what they did with when they had Clay Pell and ran him against uh, Angel Tavares and, and Gina Raimondo and back when they were really the ones behind Chafee in 2010 but they like a situation where they feel they can bully McKee and say, well, you know, we were having a conversation with Nellie and she's more on our side. Or we were just talking with Helena folks and a lot of teachers are saying we should look at her. So they they like when they can play, you know, one against the other. So that that's my interpretation, because otherwise he's just so over the top. You're exactly right. They don't even again, they don't hide the disdain for parents. Or I, I mean, it's just what I think is really catching people's attention is how members of the media just bow down and don't even think to challenge him. And that's really seemingly starting to catch some people's attention. Yeah. You know, I wonder if some of that is thanks to social, to some extent, a good repercussion of social media is you you can see all of that stuff that you used yes. to see in like the green room as people were ready right. to go on to talk shows. Uh, that stuff is now out there. Uh, that, that kind of relationship between the media and the politicians and the unions, whereas before they could kind of do their little thing where you, you didn't know who was associated with who and affiliated with who, but it's, it's, beyond that, they're just getting so brazen. Like when the, when Langevin announced he was leaving his, his, he was going to, retire from Congress. Uh, Bob Walsh tweeted, he was considering running for the good of the Democrat right. party. Yeah. I mean, that, that, I mean, if I were a teacher, <laughs> never yeah. mind a, a parent, I'd be, why is my union head really mostly mm. concerned about the Democrat party? I mean, it's, but they're just, they've gotten so brazen. And frankly, in Rhode Island, I, I can't blame them. Why pretend anymore? I mean, they run the show, nobody yeah. can touch them. So they, you know, they're, they can do things like bully on social directly on social media and say, you know what, we we're for masks. Uh, so I, I, I think that's just where we are. They, they don't see any, any reason to hide it anymore, it seems. And then you get, you know, the, as I mentioned earlier, the, the poll from the, was it the Hassenfeld Leadership Institute at Bryant oh. University saying that eight, something I like 80% of parents, I, I, don't I don't believe, believe it either. No. And, and I think I, I, people were responding online to Bob Wall saying, I guess we know who funded that poll now. And it, you know, it's, it's not implausible. You know, once no. upon a time, Gary Sass was with RIPAC with uh, governor Karchiri. Once upon a time, he would have been expected to be in opposition to Bob Walsh, but now it's, no it's yeah, it's entirely plausible that the yeah. labor unions are funding funding the Hasselfeld Institute to yep. do polls that find what they want to find. I mean, that's entirely plausible now, which which is really bad news because it means there's there's just nobody with any heft or and any to, mainstream and credibility. Some political people cover, so then they can point to the poll. Um, folks, yeah. again, our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com. Justin, what do you make of some of the comments on social media? The Boston Globe did a story on it. Out of nowhere, so you have the open seat. Congressman Langevin is leaving. It's called Congressional District 2. Congressman Cicilline is Congressional District 1. And these people, and granted women, saying, no, it's time. It's time for a woman. A woman ought to be in that seat. Um, there was a woman in that seat. Claudine Schneider was a Republican woman. 
and she was in that seat. It's the Democrat Party that has not sent a woman to Congress. What, what I, what, I'm almost taken aback by it. Um, if you want a woman in Congress, then run someone against Cicilline in a primary. And when they say it's time for a woman in Congress, they don't really mean a woman in Congress. They mean a woman who's running as a Democrat in Congress. But just where do people suddenly announce that it, it's as if there shouldn't even be an election? There shouldn't be an election. The men in that race should pull out. It is time for just that. Where do they come up with this stuff? Yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 it's almost a similar conversation to the unions letting their flag, their freak flag fly and just the politicalness. You know, all this this attitude we've always sort of seen is, is now becoming just they just don't want to bother hiding it anymore. I mean, it, it is one thing if you if I don't know pick a woman i mean it wouldn't be jessica de la cruz because she's a republican they wouldn't back her but but pick i don't know amy kemp any any of the sure. women who might be running for and for her to run and say i'm the it's time for democrats to send a woman to congress from rhode island i'm that woman i mean that's one thing but to just say you know what it, it should be a woman it doesn't matter what it's, it's just it's very similar to you know joe biden saying he's going to appoint a, a black woman to that's right uh, the supreme court yeah. maybe that would be that would be fine in fact uh joe biden helped to block george bush from sending a black sure. woman to the supreme court uh yeah. 15 years ago but that that just announcing that from the beginning this is where we're going i this is our, our affirmative action move for this political seat it just it, it takes democracy completely out of it. Exactly. We don't even care you if that. you represent anybody. Fifty percent. Yeah. Yes. You yeah, know, because 50... they go after Trump and all this undermining democracy. Everything you hear from the from the progressives and the left, Justin Katz, it, it doesn't even resemble democracy. They feel we're the smart people. Here's who should be appointed. There shouldn't even be an election. They that they basically don't want to come out and say it, but that's their attitude. It is. And it, it's, it's, it's mystifying because it's so clear and it's so hypocritical. I, I, in a, on a separate issue, uh, Justine Caldwell, representative from East Greenwich, far left progressive, uh, there was another House hearing on, um, what was it, on the uh, sex ed bill. She gave a speech about how as a parent, she's a parent with, and she would never, ever consider going to her school and telling the teachers what to teach. And I'm sitting there looking at this and sh shouting at the TV <laughs> saying, you're trying to pass a bill to mandate what the right. teachers have to teach. I mean, it's yes. just, it, it, it's the same kind of thing. Oh, we're all for democracy, but you have to put this person in office. You don't get a choice. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's amazing to me that they, they get away with this, but this, it's just, it's all rhetoric Absolute and it's all just point. dishonest, just dishonest talking points that they think will get them to the next, the next thing they want to push on everybody. And it's, yep. it starts to get discouraging. And I hope people, I hope people are waking up to it and want to get you know, involved. I, it, it's interesting you said that only because, as you think of it, President Biden announced as the candidate, if I'm elected or, you know, if I'm the candidate, then I'll have a, a, a woman as on the ticket with me. That's kind of become the way they operate, where they just announce, OK, that position should be filled by this person, that position. It, it's no longer that there should always be election. Finally, Justin Katz, I just want to touch on because as we're speaking, this controversy, it's not exactly politics this week, but. What's happening right now, how they're going after Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan uh, had a very successful thing going, and then he hooked up with Spotify, gave him even more of a platform with his um, podcast and streaming. He does very long-form type interviews. on. Um, you can see them on YouTube and then his podcast that carry on Spotify that has just become this huge machine and cranking out and streaming is everything. Well, as people have been following it, He's really under fire, and they're going after him now on a number of different things. I don't think – I'm not sure he really even understands how much that this is just a hurricane. They're not going away. Um, and, but what this started as to begin with is they did not like that he had some doctors on his show that were giving con, uh, you know, evidence, and, and their own opinion was contradicting what was supposedly – you know, in the norm, they're going to come up with all these different things of, you know, he said things that were racist or this and that. But but people should never forget that's the part that really got them. And, and you're seeing just how much they are now out for blood to absolutely just not debate, shut that guy down. That's how they operate.
Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the, the, the COVID, what they call the COVID misinformation, which is really right. just doctors providing a, a different opinion right. than what you get on mainstream. Yes. The, what the real problem they have with that is it really shows he's got a massive audience. Yep. He can, his, what he, what goes on his show, not only reaches his audience, but then the clips go viral and gets a much bigger audience. Plus he's got what a hundred million dollar deal with, with Spotify. Spotify. So, so he doesn't have to be scared. You know, as long right. as that's in, in place, he can do whatever and he can keep providing this information without having to get the OK of the mainstream. And that I, that was just unacceptable. And so I think this is a, it's, it's got to be a coordinated attack on him. You know, it's yes. very they call it the, the drip technique, you know, where oh, you, yeah. you do one thing. As soon as the person starts to recover from that, you do another thing. And so then they put out this this new video of him using the N-word, but clipped very deceptively right. from what, 20 years of shows. Yeah. And so it's it's not hard to go through 20 years of somebody talking for three hours a day to, to be able to put together something that doesn't look great. I mean, it's it's a lot of text uh, to, to, to find stuff in. And so now they're on the race thing. And he, he actually has made the mistake, in my view, of of doing an Instagram video, basically conceding that point uh, and, and almost asking for forgiveness for that, which I, I think was the, the wrong way to go. And the, his tone was completely wrong. He did a, a week ago, he did a better video on the, the yes. COVID stuff, which was defiant. It was, yes. you know, what? I'm just giving people information, blah, blah, blah. This was him saying, you know what, I'm an idiot. And I shouldn't have done that. You know, I think, I think he's, he's kind of lost his ground there, but they're going after him because he has a platform that they can't touch. So they want to yep. prove that they can touch it. That's right. That's exactly what it is. Folks, again, our segment is Politics This Week. He is Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Justin, great job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Always a pleasure. Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster for your driveway. How do you know it's Brothers Disposal? Because it's a purple dumpster. Look for them on Facebook and give them a call for an estimate, 401 688 Get a dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're cleaning out your basement, your garage, unwanted belongings. Maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out. Clean it out with Brother's Disposal. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brother Roland today at Brother's Disposal, 401 401- 688-0517. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517. Look for them on Facebook, Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway, 401-688-0517. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380. 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipetro.com. Check out the website, dipetro.com. We have original, unique, exclusive stories, videos, content, all our links to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all right there. And that's also the best way to reach me. Log on at the website, depetro.com, dipetro.com of the john DePietro show brought to you by realtor pat elston call pat today 401-474-5253 there's a link right directly to her on the website dipetro.com caldwell banker realty based in cumberland 20 years experience licensed in rhode island and massachusetts pat services all of rhode island and southeastern mass contact pat elston today 401 401- 474-5253 and you can find her right on the website dipetro.com to check out our website dipetro.com dipetro.com which is sponsored by and brought to you by the Senadale revival comfort food and cocktails located 2025 smith street in north providence shane and his crew what a wonderful job they've done winner of several rhode island best of awards best of rhode island awards the Senadale revival delicious food cocktails a lot of fun stop it and see them 2025 smith street in north providence